I think we kept our overhead really low. Yep. You know, we were very lucky to not have to like rent a studio, you know, so being right. on a farm, there's always some barn you can like squat in, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we did. The first year we did maybe 17 weddings, then we did 40, and then maybe we did 80. Last year we did what, 140 weddings. Yeah. And I'll look at the images that they're bringing in. It's more like wild and free and an open color scheme then I'll say to them, we love using local product. You know, how do you feel about that? People come in with an open mind and they're like, oh, I love that. That would mean so much to me. You know, my parents were farmers or I garden or whatever. They have a lot of respect for it. So then they go for it. Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers podcast with Deborah Prinsing. This is episode 623. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 850 florist shops and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Grow Flowers. Farm Grow Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. And thank you to the Gardener's Workshop, which offers a full curriculum of online education for flower farmers and farmer florists. Online education is more important than ever, and you'll want to check out the course offerings at thegardenersworkshop.com. Today, we're continuing the 10-week celebration of the 10th anniversary of the Slow Flowers podcast. Our audio storytelling resonates with so many listeners, people like you who love local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and who are joining in the Slow Flowers movement as members, supporters, and allies. We invite you to help us celebrate by sharing your stories of how the Slow Flowers podcast has been an inspiring companion to you over the years. Post or send us a video tagged hashtag slowflowerspodcast, and we may feature you in our Slow Flowers social media feed. Check out our Instagram stories at Slow Flower Society, which we will run for the next 10 weeks or so, you could win one of two priceless prizes. We'll select two winners among eligible entrants. One will win a featured guest spot on a future episode of the Slow Flowers podcast. And one of you will win a chance to co-host an upcoming monthly Slow Flowers member meetup. We'll post the details on social media for you to follow along and participate. You can also find the instructions in our show notes for today's episode 623 at slowflowerspodcast.com. Today is the fourth Encore episode as our decade-long retrospective to highlight one episode from each year of the past decade and bring the best of the Soul Flowers podcast to you continues. If you're a longtime listener, you might recognize these flower folks. If you're new to the Soul Flowers podcast, well, I'm excited to introduce you to them for the first time. Today, I'm happy to introduce you to Don Clark and Mary Coombs, horticulturists and floral designers, sisters, 
and co-owners of A Garden Party, based in Elmer, New Jersey. I visited Don and Mary at their studio in South New Jersey in the fall of 2016. We recorded this interview in the studio adjacent to Mary's home and later visited the women's event space called A Milk House Party, located just down the road. Fast forward seven years and both enterprises continue to thrive and provide gorgeous, seasonal floral design and events to customers in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. You can read a comprehensive bio about Mary and Dawn's paths from studying horticulture, working in garden centers and nurseries, to building their floral vision. Find it in the show notes for episode 623. I am thrilled that we've had a number of opportunities to feature their design work and creativity, including publishing seasonal wedding bouquets and a farm-to-table event photographed at a milkhouse party in the pages of Slow Flowers Journal, Volume 1. I'm so happy to share this encore of episode 270. Let's jump right in and meet Don and Mary. Today we're coming live from a garden party in Elmer, New Jersey. I don't mean live like this is recorded, but we're in the studio. So I'm happy to introduce Don Clark and Mary Coombs, the sisters, the Colson sisters, who are the the co-owners, I guess, of a garden party, right? a garden party. Team and garden party. Welcome. Thank you, Deborah. Oh, thank you so much. So um, we met through Chapel Designers when I was out in New York a couple years ago. And you you guys just, I don't know, you kind of liked the idea of promoting local and that was a part of facetting your business. But Mm -hmm. you're a long-established studio. So maybe we'll start with you, Mary. What Describe the business and how did it come to... We've been in business for 10 years, okay. and our foundation is really in agriculture. We were born and raised on a farm locally. My dad was a grain farmer, um, and now we're relocated here on my husband's farm in Elmer, New Jersey. Um, and he's a farmer. He's a farmer, yeah. He grows uh, about 1,500 acres of various crops. Potatoes right now, hot and heavy, uh-huh. um, sod, corn, soybeans, spinach. Uh, so, you know, he's a busy guy. So you're you're not afraid of, of being dirty. farm girls? No. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. That we're very proud of that. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, so and we, what is this area of New Jersey called? I mean, we clearly define ourselves by South Jersey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know you my know? geography, so I had to ask. So, you know, this is the Garden State, and this is certainly, uh, you know... We are in the most rural county in New Jersey. Yes, it's so um, beautiful. I, I just enjoy driving here on sort of little lanes and high, rural yeah. highways. Stunning. Yeah, very scenic. Um, okay, so 10 years old. And how did, Don, did you have a floral background before you start, um, started a garden party with we Mary? Both, we both took horticulture in high school and we're in the FFA and involved, very involved in the ag program. So Mary had done some floral competitions. We took a horticulture class, kind of learned the basics of design then. Um, and then we both went to college for horticulture. Wow. So both have horticulture backgrounds. Where did you go to school? I went to the State University of New York Cobleskill okay. campus, and Mary went to Penn State. Okay. Wow. So, did you think that you were going to do something like nursery work or plant breeding? Or We both worked at nurseries after graduation. Well, when we were in high school... We would do floral design, like, fundraisers. Like, mm. oh, we would make Thanksgiving arrangements, some to the office staff or whatever for our FFA program. And we all loved it. Like, our head designer, Tori, was with us, and that, that's how we all learned. And then, so we just kind of 
got into it. And when I did the floral design competition through my FFA program, the local flower shop, the owner was the judge. Oh. And when I won, he said, why don't you come by and fill out an application to work with us? And I was like, oh, okay, great. So I worked there for three years and I loved it. And then, you know, I went off to college and at first I was like, I really want to be a plant breeder. Mm-hmm. And it was my first experience really working in a greenhouse, a mm-hmm. research greenhouse. And I loved it, but that lab work is super boring. It was right. like a lot of time in the chair and the hood and not so much tissue weight. culture. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, this isn't as much fun to me. So then they moved me to the greenhouse, and I really loved it. Because um, you like to grow. Yeah, because I, I just love to grow. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there's a lot of pride in that and seeing mm-hmm. things change over the course of time. Um, so I was in that project. And then I started talking more with Dawn about... Having a flower shop and a garden center, but you you guys were still in your twenties. Yeah. So you were yeah. right out yeah. of college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a business plan when I was in college for two years with a professor of mine, and he mentored me and made me do market research. And you know, we knew we were going to come back here. I married my high school sweetheart, mm-hmm. so you know, we did a we did some we did some work, and we gra- I graduated in two thousand and six from Penn State and then I started my business two weeks after that wow yeah because I knew I had to answer to my mentor so yes. you know that it's almost really like your drove, graduate program yeah to prove that you could do this yeah so it forced us to do it and while the plan originally included a garden center which maybe I will still do that I don't know you've got the land for it we do we yeah. could I don't know if I have enough hours in the day for it maybe get, <laughs> get your children to be a little older right <laughs> yeah yeah so you know we have started you know kind of that route um, and so at the same time that you were thinking about starting the business, you kind of had the whole time you knew Don was going to be part of this, right? Or Don, did you know yeah. you were going to be part of it? I mean, we both worked other full-time jobs that we enjoyed, but, you know, weekends and after the other work, we were doing weddings. We were here. And, you know, the intention was to do it together. So, Middle of the night. So yeah. what, uh, it sounds like the one facet besides the nursery is that you're not doing retail or had you thought of doing a retail flower shop? Well, I did. And I... We looked at a few properties, you know, and I've always dreamed of having, like, a real pretty storefront and candles and gift items mm-hmm. and holiday things. And I think that sounds so fun. So romantic. Wouldn't that be so cute? Yeah. Um, but we are very busy kind of with the, the event work. Right. And I was afraid of overhead. Absolutely. I would, I, and yeah. I... And, and being tied to a retail hours, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this, at all this time, too, we were both just starting families. Right. Yeah. So there was babies, and, like, it's so convenient to be here next to Mary's home, and, like, the babies could be here. And there was, like, a lot of hours spent designing, like, with babies strapped to us, and, yeah, you know, back it. and plays in the shop. Hats off to those retail yeah. florists. I mean, that that is grueling work to right. always be pristine and ready and on the phone and you know, stopped and ready right. to roll it work, up. And work. it works in some markets better than others. And it seems we're like rural. you're meeting. Yes. You say you're rural, but you're, we're sitting here while you're producing three weddings for Friday and three weddings for Saturday. So, um, over the course of 10 years, how has a garden party evolved? It sounds like you, this is a great story. Okay. This is a great story. All right, go tell us about it. So my husband, you know, he said to me, that I could quit my other job. And at this point I was working um, full-time at a local nursery running their propagation greenhouse. And Dawn was at the nursery next door. 
And she was a sales rep there. Oh, what were you selling, Don? I sold trees okay. and shrubs, so I sold... To landscapers and that sort Landscapers, of thing. Home Depot was like our mm-hmm. big cow. You know, Local so garden center. And garden this was centers. somewhere nearby or where was Yeah, it? about 15, 15 minutes, away. minutes away. Oh my gosh, you were uh, totally nursery girls. Yes. <laughs> so we did that and, you know, we were kind of just doing our friends' weddings and family... And then we were doing more and more weddings. And we were here in our garage mm-hmm. with the garden hose and a cooler that we got for free on the side of the road. And, you know, originally we started in Dawn's garage. And, you know, so just we were just those those people. That's how yeah. we started. Yeah. And then my husband said, if you can save $10,000, I will reward you by putting in running water. <laughs> So I'm very driven like that. So I was like, oh, yeah, we can do this, you know. And what so, did he mean, save money just from your floral work? I think he meant, like, if you sold $10,000 worth of flowers, yeah. like, I'm going to take this seriously. And What's his name? John. Yeah. And John knows how to motivate people. <laughs> he knows how I'm competitive like that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then so we did it for, you know, maybe a couple, maybe two years with the garden hose. And then I had enough money. We put in the running water. We still had no heat. And we're, and, let's, and, and we'll, let's just stop and say we're in a, a what's sort of, I guess, could be described as a three-car barn. I mean, it's, yeah. got, it's bigger than a garage with the yeah. upstairs. And you said that this was here when you moved to the mm-hmm. property nine years ago. Yeah. Our studio uh, was built over 100 years ago. It was in the 20s. And it were, there were two corn cribs in here, working hayloft. You know, so it's not fancy, but bit by bit, we, you know, put in new garage doors. We have a little bit of light in here. We finally put in, uh, you know, heat and air conditioning. Did you put in all the pine, knotty pine siding? We did, yeah. So my contractor put that in, and uh, everybody comments on it, you know, how much they love it. It doesn't feel like you're in a... a It's like a surprise. Yeah, it's it's like you're in a home. What? Why did you move out of uh, your garage, Dawn? Did you just have, have a lot of space? Yeah, I mean, I only had the garage was just attached to my house. Mm. There wasn't really a meeting space. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning, we were either driving to clients' homes and meeting them, or we did a couple years of didn't take us long to stop doing at that. Mary's dining room table. <laughs> but it was just it's, it gets hard to invite people into your private home all the right. time, especially when you have little ones. We had kids and bedtimes, and so we branched out to Mary's garage and took it over and designed a spot where we could meet with clients design our and have storage it's amazing so what would you say the square footage is oh i don't know all right we'll figure question. that out it's big yeah it's big. big and we'll share some photos but i love the fact that because there's sort of this psychological division of three spaces you you've really organized the studio yeah. so we're in the center space where we have to give a shout out to your three wonderful staff team members who yeah. are silently team of garden parties still working behind the scenes <laughs> So we have our head designer, Tori. She has, and it's Dawn's sister-in-law, so very much a family affair here. Uh, She is the most talented designer I know, and she taught us so much as we're very self-taught. And uh, we gobbled her up when she she had a flower shop in Pennsylvania, and we made her come back here and join us. That's great, Tori. How fun. She's a chapel designer with us as well. Are they uh, hard to work for, Tori, or are they good bosses? No, they're good. And then you have Christine, and is it Sandy? Mm -hmm. Great. We have Christine. She's our shop manager, and Christine worked for us. Christine's Dawn's oldest friend, and she's worked for us before we could pay her. And she would come and work for us for, like, you know, beer and wine. And 
and just a good time. We would go all different places and, you know, it didn't take long for us to ask her to come and work here. And she keeps us organized and gets the trucks loaded and makes sure the right flowers are here. And somebody has to kind of be that, that as, as Don was saying, checklist person yep. to. Yeah. She's that person. Sh- to us. <laughs> To organize, pull, and then load. Let's just say I don't want to live in a world without her. Okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah. good. Well, um, okay, so 2006 when you wrote this business plan, how many years did it take before you got your husband to put the hot water or the water in? And yeah. you guys, so, when did you guys quit your other jobs and go full-time? I full started full-time um, three years later. Okay. So I started full-time. I had had my son, mm-hmm. my first son, seven now, and... For a year, it was me and him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the next year, Dawn came. She so, left her job. Okay. And, then the and Dawn, your year, kids are a little bit older, right? Yeah, I have a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. Okay. So they were a little bit older mm-hmm. um, and in school. And that worked for you then, too. Yeah. Do you feel like you were both kind of taking a risk, though? Like, you you probably didn't pay yourselves first. You paid all yeah, the other bills first. a huge risk. Yeah. Um, you know. I think we kept our overhead really low. Yep. You know, we were very lucky to not be able to have to, like, rent a studio, you know. So, being right. on a farm, there's always some barn you can, like, squat in, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we did. And, and store things. And, and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the, okay. So, that's seven years ago. You've really gone full speed ahead then with a garden yeah. party. Yeah. So, you know, really the first year we did maybe 17 weddings. Then we did 40. And then maybe we did 80. You know, last year we did, what, 140 weddings? Yeah. I know that's not the only measure of success, but that's a lot of num- weddings it's to wrap my head I mean, around. it's really, you know, it's a lot of people coming from all over. You meet people of all backgrounds, and we go all different places. It's really fun. I mean, we're located here in the middle of nowhere, but we are centrally located at Philadelphia Market. You know, we spend a lot of time at the Jersey Shore. Cape May has been very good to us. Uh, we go to Wilmington, up to Princeton now. Wow. So, wow. So know. what is that, like about a 200-mile radius or I mean, really, I would say like 100 miles. Okay, that's, yeah. that's doable. There's a lot of florists in that 100-mile radius. So there are. There are a lot of talented people yeah. in this market. So, you know, we, you know, do what we can. Well, do you, two, I have two thoughts. One is that, yes, there's a lot of florists, but maybe there's also, because of the population density, enough work for everyone there's a lot of work for everyone yeah you think so too don yeah so the idea of competition is not something you're thinking about no if anything i think it's been important to us to be like kind of friends with the other Mm -hmm. florist um and that really came from holly yeah being a chapel designer and you know a lot of times if we're in a bind and we need help you know i have people i call to be like do you not have an event? I'll pay you. Come help me. And they do it to us, too. So if we're booked for a weekend, I give other florist names out. Um, and that's, yeah, I was going to say referrals. And that yeah, sort we of refer thing. people all the yeah. time. And Holly um, Chapel really, you know, created this community for us to come together and, like, share and bring each other up. And she wanted – she wants everyone to be the best in their market and to be good to each other. So – once we had that community to work in, it's been really eye-opening to see, like, how can we all help each other and how can we educate our client? And it's been, you know, a really, it's been an experience of growth. That's cool. Um, no, I see that happening in, in regions all around the country, even in the Slow Flowers community, where um, there's this interesting mashup of what the farmer needs and what the florist needs and how do yeah. people 
plan ahead for crop, you know, custom growing or, you know, the farmers don't know what pallet to grow and the, the floor is kind too. of fun because we have become so close with our local growers now that, you know, we rely on them to make us look good and they do so much hard work for us that, you know, I have started hosting meetings where I invite them all to come. So mm-hmm. let's all get together, drink some coffee and let's have that flower chat. And we talk about, you know, this is the product that I love. I can't get enough of. I have clients coming to me with these images, you know, can we grow more of this? This is the color scheme that will never die. Like, can we please grow more blush? And they probably are so happy to have that intel, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's just a roundtable discussion of like, okay, well, the reason this one grower doesn't grow dahlias is because like she doesn't have the right soil, you know? Mm -hmm. So now I'll stop asking her for dahlias, but she grows really incredible amaranthus. So Mm -hmm. I'll just go to her for that, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think everyone would come to the table with like, this is how we want to better our business and this is the direction we want to go in and we can all grow and be better because of it. And then you're supporting them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, really they're helping me more than I'm helping them. I think. (laughs) Well, with this, um, with this agricultural environment that you're in, in South New Jersey, um, are more people starting to grow flowers for the couture specialty floral designers like you, or are you having to go track them down and chase them down through word of mouth? No, I mean, we, I mean, I keep my eye peeled, my eyes peeled on the road, certainly. Mm -hmm. And it really helps a lot when we join the association, especially flower growers, because then I kind of, I went to one of the meetings Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Hey, I'm from South Jersey. And I was the only florist there. Right. In the, like a hundred, you know, room full of a hundred people of growers. Was this at the, um, it was in Wil- Wilmington. Wilmington. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And there were some like, florists there from Philly, but nobody from this area. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they, it was like a swarming of people and I was like, <laughs> here's, here's my, my card, <laughs> you know? And, um, so we met a few people there and just have really gotten great referrals. And there's even more people growing in the Philadelphia market. I hear mm-hmm. such wonderful things about, but like we kind of depend on delivery. So, right. And we talked about that at the meeting mm-hmm. about how, you know, it's very time consuming for a florist to go pick up the product. And I think it's so smart when my local growers, like, you know, for instance, we use Woodland Flower Farm, Brian and Aislinn Gandy, and he comes with our order plus extra buckets that he's trying to sell us. You know, and I'm and like, kind yep, of pick- give me, give me, give mm-hmm. me, give me all that. So, so he always upsells. Sort of like a pop-up uh, delivery service. Oh, yeah. My driveway's a hot spot. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we have uh, Mary Ellen from Mooth Farm Flowers. She comes and she has just such an array of product. She's like, oh, I hacked this down in my woods. Do you love it? I'm like, I love it. Yeah, give me that. You know. And then now you know she's got it for the next time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's not something I would normally see. If I went for her, picked it up in her garage, left the check, and then came back, you know. When so you first and when you first started um, more full time with the garden party, you were probably more conventional in your sourcing. Was yeah. that right? And yeah, I think going to Harley Chapel mm-hmm. and seeing how she was doing things on her farm with everything she grew was like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh. We should do that. Plus we you have, have space. And you have horticulture training. <laughs> yeah. So we already, you know, we're into, like, having our nice gardens. And, you know, we cut stuff from, you know, time to time. But then it became, well, we're not growing in our garden unless we can cut it and use it in the shop. Right. So, so that's, like, our policy. So now. now you both have gardens that you've cut from uh, yeah. as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like you have endless 
amount of acreage if you wanted to, but it's yeah. hard to balance growing and designing, right? Yeah. Well, Mary's husband keeps trying to like give us an acre to like grow on, but um, I, I'm a firm believer that everyone should stick to what they're good at. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I dabble, but um, you know, I, I can't claim that we're growing these incredible dahlias because that takes a ton of work and a ton of time and that's a full-time job on its own so and if you have a great source for local dahlias then <gasps> just support that person yeah exactly but then i go in the cooler uh with dawn and she shows me buckets of all the hydrangeas she's cut from one of her rental properties that, well that's yeah. the easy stuff it's easy that's like amazing. the hydrangea you plant it as long as it has water a little bit of shade it's happy and we cut it I've, i mean we've been using our cut hundreds hydrangea and hundreds, and hundreds, hundreds of them yeah. every week Wow. the sweating season. Wow. So when we'll use them until there's none left. Wow. So what, other than the sourcing from your own gardens and um, your favorite farmers, you're mainly working uh, with Delaware Valley because they deliver to you, right? Oh, we love Delaware yeah, Valley. Love, I mean, they're so close to us. They are. They just have really great product. They listen to what we're asking for, you know, and when I, you know, we have our sales rep, Becky Green, there, and she's incredible. And anything we go to her with, if she doesn't have it, she's going to try to find it. And when we started selling 100% American-grown weddings, not all of our clients are there yet, mm-hmm. but more and more, we're mm-hmm. getting there, using more local products. I would say to her, can you send me the local list? And this was before DV had, like, things marked okay. as local, local, local. So a couple years ago? or Yeah, a couple years ago. And she would send me this email that was like, here's all the local product. I pulled it into a document for you. And then I would use that to build designs for people. And, you know, it just was really, she really educated me on what's coming out of California right. and Right, yeah. where what is kind of consistently available that you can yeah, kind of that for, I can rely for, on forecast for. Yeah. So I didn't know this. You're actually marketing 100% American grown weddings as one of your options. Well, you know, or you just bring it up in your presentation. I bring it up, and I'll look at the images that they're bringing in, and you know, if it's more like wild and free and an open color scheme, then I'll say to them, you know, we love using local product. You know, how do you feel about that? And everyone always says they love it, you know. Yes. But then if it's all roses or all white hydrangea or all orchids, you know, I'm kind of like, this isn't the It right. won't work. It's right. Not, it's not the right fit. Right. Um, but if people come in with an open mind and they're like, oh, I love that. That would mean so much to me. You know, my parents were farmers or I garden or whatever. They have a lot of respect for it. So then they go for it. Because you're really, you're giving them that choice that they hadn't realized Which existed. Which is another feature that, right. you know, yeah. and those would mean are, a lot. Those are like some of our favorite weddings. Oh, yeah. It's like just a rough color scheme and locally grown. Then we just tell our local growers, you know, bring me, you know, six buckets of anything in this color scheme. And we handpick out they what we like. They yeah. love that. They love that. So like growers, it's, everybody. it's growers' choice, but it's also designer's choice. Yeah. And well, then, you know, we're not pigeonholing them into, okay, we only want white dahlias. Well, they right. can cut anything white and bring it to us and wow. we'll find a way to work in it. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. I love it. Well, you um, have been doing some uh, workshops and educating all along, but now you have a special way that you are teaching in yep. a new venue, right? Right. So we bought my our grandparents' farm uh, a couple miles down the road. And uh, we have a little milk house there, just a little space, maybe holds about 20 people. And when we were starting to clean out all the barns, like, we, I just really liked it in there. The lighting was pretty, and I could see a big open space. 
And I thought, why would I host workshops here? Like, I love that Holly Chapel does that. And we had such a special time there with her. So I'm like, maybe we could do that to our local neighbors and such. Mm -hmm. Flower lovers. And uh, so when we started, we thought, well, let's have our DIY weddings here. And we, that's another section of our business where we have DIY weddings. So you, uh, just we'll pause on the Milk House Mm -hmm. for a minute. You will, how do you supply a DIY wedding? So we meet with the client and you can tell immediately if someone is like ready to DIY something, like the Mm -hmm. whole thing. And And sometimes it's budget and sometimes it's just creativity, right? right? Yeah. I mean, some people are incredibly creative and want to be involved. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I love nurturing that and getting to know them more. So when we end, it's also like 80% of those brides are the locally grown bride too. Sure. So they appreciate that you're helping them source. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry, Dawn, that's beautiful, by the way. Thank you. I have to take a picture of that (laughs) bouquet she's making. So you you sell them buckets or they help them? So we write the recipes, you know, according to their color scheme and what their needs are. You know, we know in advance how many bouquets, how many centerpieces, how many boutonnieres, you know, whatever, church pieces, whatever. And we write the order in a way that is easier to design in. So limited foam and, you know, we use a lot of chicken wire and less Mm -hmm. tape or glue. Mm -hmm. And, um... Then we meet at the milk house. They invite their bridal party, their family, and we design together. Oh, my goodness. So they hire us a la carte. Okay. You know, so. Depending on the, the scale. and the, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have a lot of, they can keep it with limited involvement of you mm-hmm. or higher yeah. touch. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they always hire us to come help. So we charge an hourly rate to do that. Do you charge um, them to use the milk house? We do. So uh-huh. there's a site fee for that. Mm-hmm. If they need to store it in our cooler, there's a fee for that. Sure. Um, you know, if they need us to orchestrate the catering, we can do that. Um, if they need us to deliver the wedding, you know, there's extra fee for that. I mean, ideally, if they wanted to save the most money, they would take it with them when they go. Right. But that it's doesn't more, work for a lot of people. It's so. more the experience. Yeah, a lot of them what do what experience the experience is. They bring yeah. their bridesmaids, they bring their mom, they bring their grandmother, their aunts, and they have a party. You know, Thus they, the catering. Yeah. Like you're talking about like the champagne and snacks and mimosas and afternoon. But um, but also I think the point that you made about simplifying it, you are kind of demystifying. Yeah. They're not florists. No. no. Right. I mean, some of them I have hired uh-huh. <laughs> because they're very good and I, I had fun spending time with them. Um, but and you think that they're teachable. Everyone says at the end of the party, this is why you charge so much because yeah. this is a lot of work. Yeah. You know, so. Um, That's wonderful. And I and I can also see where if they came in and did this on, say, a Thursday night and the wedding wasn't until Saturday yeah. morning, they're going to need to pay you to store everything mm-hmm. appropriately mm-hmm. in the cooler and yeah. get it get it over to the mm-hmm. venue. So. It's it's fun. It's almost like instead of fighting the DIY bridal. That's exactly why we started it. Like yeah, where we're, we're located on a farm, DIY is big. Mm-hmm. So we had to find a way to like embrace that rather than fight it all the time. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. see it as a threat yeah. to your, your mm-hmm. success, which clearly is not. And we have fun. I mean, really, the first time we hosted a DIY event, I was very nervous. I'm like, this isn't a good idea. Like, people don't do this in our industry. You know, I'm sure people are like, what is a garden party doing? Yeah, thanks a lot. But then, you know, the emotional connection you see people have when, you know, you're making a bridal bouquet and, you know, it's the bride and the mom or 
doing it together. I mean, what a gift yeah. that was for me to right. see them have that emotional connection to the flowers. That's wonderful. I mean, that's why we do it. Yeah. And So were you doing that here in this studio? Okay, and then you felt it was probably very too crowded. Too tight. So the milk house gave you that opportunity. Yeah. And uh, backing up, did when you say you bought your grandparents' farm, the two of you together or, or the My husband and Mary. Oh, okay. Husband, and was yeah. it just to keep it in the family or did he want the land? Well, there's, it's a preserved farm. So uh-huh. we have 100 acres there that he farms. Um, and my grandmother still lives in the house there. Oh. And, you know, so I think it That's was wonderful. just really an opportunity that came that we wanted this for our family to have you know, something to offer our children and a space to grow. Right. And uh, that's that's really what we're doing there. And, and, you know, my husband, like, wants to put up a hoop house or a greenhouse there to grow more, but, you know, maybe again, you, only so many hours. Right. Maybe maybe when you um, decide to Start turn your, my kids into it, right? Maybe when your kids are teenagers or something, they can do yeah. that. <laughs> um, and so the little structure is, uh, I've seen photos of it, so it's like a concrete, concrete it's just block, a block building. building. Okay. It's like, um, a working milk it house. was a working dairy milk house. So that's so. where the cows were milked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's the name. Yep. Yep. Um, and did you have a lot of decorating to do, or um, was it pretty sturdy and, and stable? Really, we only, we just cleaned it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were so many treasures in there, and mm. everything just stored in there. And over time, just more and more things collected. And like uh, farm implements and yeah, vintage salvage stuff. And you know, my grandfather was a big believer in like nothing should go to waste. So I mean, I would I would use the term hoarder in like a nice way. <laughs> and the treasures we found, it was incredible. So cool. really, we just dusted it off and then displayed those treasures, you know, in memory of my mm-hmm. papa. Mm-hmm. And it's been special. It's been mm-hmm. really special to bring them back to life. When was your first uh, unveiling and your first event? Last October. Okay. Yeah, wow. So we did this as a surprise to my mom. Oh. It was her father that passed away. So she grew up there. She grew up there, wow. yeah. And, you know, our parents and my mom, they're just the biggest supporters of us. You met my mom Oh, last I know. Night. It was wonderful. And, you know... I wanted to do that for her so she could have a place to be creative because mm-hmm. that's how this all started. And you inherited your creativity from her. Yeah, I mean, she was like Pinterest before Pinterest started. I, <laughs> I love it. And uh, so when we wanted to make that space, you know, to use, we had a little party for her and unveiled it to her with her friends and family. Wow. And she was like, I don't get it. What are you doing here? And I was like, <laughs> we're having fun with flowers here, Mom. <laughs> You can do whatever you want here. And she makes soaps and, you know, she teaches soap classes there. And You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, it's really a public for her as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so it's become kind of an education center for, for yeah. a garden party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, recently you had a specific workshop also flowers that I, I was yes. so excited to see. And so, and then you had a big party, like your anniversary party. Yes. You know, I wish yeah. I lived closer. So we had a dahlias and desserts class a few weeks ago and, uh, course featuring locally grown dahlias it's probably fun to get the farmers involved in that yes and like one of the growers came you know brian and aislin Mm -hmm. candy from woodland came and you know what a treat to the people attending the workshop that they could meet him and ask him all the questions and you know i won't show you my failure of a dahlia patch i hear it's a bad year for dahlias i've heard that from people locally yes so i don't feel as bad now okay good yeah no Um, no no judgment (laughs) but you know Really, in that space, I want to feature all locally grown right. flowers. Can you and grow over there? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you'll see we'll the go gardens okay. that we've planted there. And then you um, 
you had, um, so you have your own workshops, what, like every couple weeks or just depends on the schedule? Yeah, depends on the schedule. Just work around our event schedule and And feel like doing. So (laughs) a a balance between events that you put on the calendar and and then ones that are kind of private parties. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. What what an adding word to your plate, though, but it sounds like it's... I mean, it's, it's a really natural extension yeah. of what we're doing. Yeah, you it's know? filling that demand that's out there. Yeah, and uh, what an honor it was because we had to go through, you know, this process, this application process, because it's preserved farmland. And oh, we with are the, the county or the state? With or the state, state? yeah. Okay. And we're the first business in the state of New Jersey to get approved to have a non-agriculturally related business on preserved farmland. Wow. So, which I had no idea that that was like, illegal it's a big yeah you <laughs> so we started that paperwork and um you know I worked with someone at the state who was so helpful and they were like you are the perfect size your building is existing it already has electric and water you don't have to make changes um you are not impacting the farmland at all by creating a you know a small parking area so really because the space only holds about 20 people it was very easy to set up. Right. It's you not know, like you're trying no changes. to, you're not trying, trying to create a wedding venue or something. No. Like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's fun when people do that, but again, right. Let's all stick to what we're good at. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I thought about that last night. We were all together at the field to vase dinner at Thistle Dew farm, which, which is David Beam's Dew farm. And, that's also very rural, and I hadn't thought at all about the issues relating to parking, and he accommodated that with valet, so mm. if he were to have events, that probably would have to be the mm-hmm. only only way to keep the neighbors happy, and, yeah, yeah. you know, I suppose you could potentially really have, have a valet. Neighbors, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the, the mil- it's called a milk house party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A milkhouseparty.com. It's, it's a play on a garden party, mm-hmm. and um, the name of garden party is probably something that was in that college senior business yeah. plan you had. Mm-hmm. I wanted to name our business. Uh, I didn't want to include our name in it because I felt too much pressure with that. And I'm glad we didn't because it's so much more than just Dawn and I, you know, like all the people in the room and behind the scenes. It's family and, and employees and this. this. And ever- I wanted people to know that this was from the garden. It started from the garden. That's how we love to design. You know, we love to include the garden elements there. Um, so, you know, it, it's not a false air. Right, you know? right, right. And let's have a party in my garden. I know? love it. That's wonderful. It's a great name. And now I, I feel like you've really rippled out into the community. If you're serving three, three or four states, you've got these <clears throat> venues that are supporting you and probably referring business to you, right? Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And your referral has been huge for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to go to the venue and ask these questions what do you need from a florist? What do you envision for this space? What do you like here? What do you not like here? You know, what colors, what designs? You know, some spaces are like, we really don't like tall centerpieces because it's all about the view. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Then I won't sell tall centerpieces. That's fine. And then you're making them look good. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I have a client that comes and, you know, I'm like, ooh, I don't think this will look good in this space. I don't think it goes with the style of the venue. You know, I guide them to what would be appropriate in the space and, you know, do they need a nighttime pickup because they're open to the public? Okay, great. We know that. We know that rule. Um, do you sell sure. the linens or do we provide the linens? Like all of those kind of intricacies, you know, how can we all best like get together? And uh, I noticed that 
the vast amount of rentals you have here. And then Don told me there's a whole attic upstairs filled with <laughs> goodies. Have you just, um, <clears throat> is that part of your menu of services to brides? So some just want, <clears throat> just want the personals and the centerpieces and the church flowers, but none of the rentals or how do you, um, ba- do you prefer that they do the whole package? Yeah. I mean, 90% of the time they do the whole package. They yeah. do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause you're presenting them an overall look. Yes. Yeah. So, and plus, like, I hate to see clients buy so many pieces that they don't need, and it just seems so wasteful to mm-hmm. me. So, renting vases, renting yeah. candlesticks, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. linens. Yeah, kind of upcycling some pieces. There's no need to buy all these things all the time. So, it saves the money. You know, the rentals are kind of included more in the design price. Okay. So, it's part, of, part of the overall design yeah. concept, too. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And um, do you keep refreshing that? Or, like, are you always on the lookout <laughs> yeah, for yeah, new? I get bored easily, so we go shopping, right, Tori? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And I, we buy certain pieces with certain venues in mind. Mm. You know, what fits these tables, what fits the colors, that kind of thing. So you're reinvesting in the business a lot. I mean, that could just be your profit and your... Well, um, not going on vacation with that money. There's certainly, you know, my accountant one year was like, okay, we need to stop buying candelabras, so let's, <laughs> let's stop doing that. Um, so it has gotten easier, you know, as our inventory has grown. Sure. It fits more styles now. So, but, you know, I'm ready to, like, pass some of it down to the next person. Mm-hmm. So, Because mm-hmm. you're always refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, this has been so much fun, and I am just delighted that you let me sneak out here and, and in, interrupt Thank your you. morning. Um, before we go, is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to make sure I include in the podcast that we haven't shared with the listeners? I mean, the listeners are farmers and florists, so I appreciate you talking about how you work with farmers. I think uh, a lot of people ask us about how do you work with your family. Oh, like everyone asks. Let's that wrap up question. with that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I think that... Um, it's very easy for us because we have two different personalities. So I let Dawn do what she's really good at. She keeps me focused on what I'm better at and everybody contributes their skill in their own way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think having an open communication about like what responsibility (laughs) is whose, you know, is really important. And uh, I think, certain things like if there's an issue that arises which you know we had like a reality tv show like approach us like oh we want to come do this what really yeah yeah (laughs) and we didn't make the cut because we don't fight there's no conflict yeah they like couldn't believe that there was no fighting yeah and what kind of business would it be if we were fighting all the time (laughs) yes and they're like what kind of tv show would it be if you were and they were like tell us about your last fight and, like, who won and what did it go down as? And I was like, well, the last fight we had that I can really remember was we were having... Do you remember this one? It's like, a disagreement about, like... <laughs> like, a color of a peony. color of peonies. <laughs> like, it was, like, a red Kansas Shade peony. Of red. And, was it and John's like, red I think it's was pretty it red. Pink? And I was like, that is magenta. That's yeah. not going to work. It's magenta. And she was like, I see red. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, we are going to agree to disagree. And, you know... Either way, I think the picture needs to be sent to the client to approve it. Oh, okay. You know? See, that was this client was the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and you know she ruled it was beautiful and perfect. It's fine. Um, oh, so Don won that battle. She won. Yeah, which she often does because <laughs> she's the ruler. She's the queen. Um, you know, so I just think communicating with each other and being there to support each other 
Well, I love what you said about your complimentary skill set. And before we turn the reporter on, you did mention that you're both now sitting in on the consults and that that has been a really positive way to change a lot. And when we first started, we were together, always together. And then when we got busy, we divided tasks. And I love meeting with the clients and talking with them and being with them. So I'm like, well, I really love that. I'll do that. And Dawn will order the flowers and, you know, manage the shop. And then something was lost. Mm. Like, I don't know, having her next to me is just so valuable Mm -hmm. to the client. You're kind of two parts of a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And she's there typing and taking the notes and working in Ularis and, you know, building this document for this client that is our Bible, really. Mm -hmm. And it became, you know, a better service to our clients to go back to doing our meetings together. And it's a huge investment of time to do that. Sure. But and you don't really recoup it. You're not billing them for the consult, right? No, yeah. but I think the client is more confident yeah. in what we're offering to them. So they, I mean, I guess we'll have more trust mm-hmm. in, you know, the suggestions. And I mean, I guess you could say there's, they might spend more money, but really it's just an easier process overall because... You're saving time in the end, not like right explaining the design to Dawn, right? You know, or whatever. Right, exactly. That's a yeah. for part even for partners who aren't sisters. Yeah, that might be a, a really good approach. Yeah, not everybody does it, but I I admire the two of you and your creativity and your sense of community, um, and your obviously successful social media skills because I'm in all the <laughs> way across the country and I see what's going on over here. So I know yeah. I know that you're. It's a lot to keep all that up. You're fighting oh, the man. good fight, though. You're really bringing... Don't ask uh, me about how I was Googling about Snapchat a few days ago. Uh, Are you uh, on Snapchat? No, I'm not allowed to. My children don't want me near it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't get I don't it. But I think, I think in, just, <laughs> just to go off on a tangent, I think that that Instagram video feature is sort of Instagram's answer to Snapchat. What's it yeah. called? Instagram, yeah. Instagram yeah. video or Instagram yeah. movie or something? Yeah. Um, so... Not not quite there yet, but I I know you you've also been really um, accessible to local media and you've done several TV segments and and that's really come to us uh-huh. through like you know we worked wedding with planners. a wedding planner Renee uh, Patron from Events by Renee and she has these amazing connections and you know when she comes to us and be like do you want to do something yes I mean we come from a place of yes mm-hmm. and that mentality has taken us to some really great opportunities you know and we've designed at the White House you know and that came through an opportunity through the chapel designers mm-hmm. and you know we have been involved in just all different kind of kinds of events and we've had Fox News here a few times um, just to kind of talk about the garden and locally grown product and I know it's been wonderful. Yeah, it's kind of neat the opportunities that have popped up. Like, why are you sitting here in my flower shop? I don't know, but when you <laughs> said I, you wanted to come, I was like, yeah, sure, <laughs> great. Well, I'm excited that people will get to hear your voices and meet you both. And we'll, I can take a few photos, but I'd love to get some of your um, finished projects from past weddings. That yeah, uh-huh. especially when they're with uh, featuring projects of local farmers. I was looking at this one on the wall, yeah, Don. Yeah, hundred percent. That is so phenomenal. We're looking at uh, zinnias and uh, echinops and pokeweed, jo- pokeweed and that uh, sunflowers with the petals pulled off. And it's stunning. Okay, well, we'll share that one with everybody. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. Just, I can't wait to go see the milk house now and yes. uh, continue. Yeah, and, and take a few photos to share with the listeners. Um, I'll also include all your social places. So if people don't 
they don't know who you are, they can find you and follow you. Thank you. Okay, thanks you both. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'll be hosting an Instagram live conversation with Don and Mary today, August 16th. So check it out at Slow Flower Society and you'll find all of my Slow Flowers podcast 10th anniversary live chats in the archives there. You can also come to slowflowerspodcast.com episode 623 to see photos and more uh, resources about a garden party LLC and a milk house party, including downloading a free PDF of the story we published about the farm to table dinner at a milk house party in Slow Flowers Journal Volume 1. And that came out in, I believe, 2020. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Details Flowers Software, a platform specifically designed to help florists and designers do more and earn more. With an elegant and easy-to-use system, Details improves profitability, productivity, and organization for floral businesses of all shapes and sizes. Grow your bottom line through professional proposals and confident pricing with Details All-in-One Platform. All friends of the Slow Flowers podcast will receive a seven-day free trial of the software. Learn more at detailsflowers.com. And thank you to Cal Flowers, the leading floral trade association in California, providing valuable transportation and other benefits to flower growers and the entire floral supply chain in California and 48 other states. The association is a leader in bringing fresh-cut flowers to the U.S. market, and in promoting the benefits of flowers to new generations of American consumers. Learn more at cafgs.org. Well, I love all this floral goodness, and I'm so happy you joined me today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor, downloaded more than one million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show, or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowersociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.